Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The title of my message today is Imprisoned, but with a question mark. Imprisoned? This is part of the story of John the Baptist. If you're not familiar with John the Baptist, he was called John the Baptist not because he went to a Baptist church. That's not why. Actually, the Baptists named themselves after him because he was one who baptized. History tells us that he and his disciples possibly even baptized up to a million people. And it was a baptism of rep uh, repentance. He, was, he had the anointing of Elijah the prophet on him. He was like a, he, Scripture says he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he came and he was preparing the way for Jesus. So he had a revelation from God. At one point, he says in John chapter 1, John the Baptist himself says, Man, I didn't know he was the one. But I baptized him, and when I saw, the, I saw the Spirit of God come down on him like a dove, and I knew he was the Messiah. He knew. He had a firsthand, firsthand experience with God. Firsthand. Wow. He was, he was hearing God's voice, the voice of the Father. He saw Jesus, the Son, in the flesh. He was baptizing him, and he saw the Holy Spirit come down on him like a dove. And after all this, he was speaking out against the king and his immoral relationship with his woman, which was the woman of the king, was actually the king's brother's wife. Don't know all the details to that, but he was speaking out against that, and he was imprisoned for it. Now, back in the day, when you were put in prison, there may or may not have been a trial. You offended the king, he may just circumvent everything. It was a kingdom after all, so he didn't have to give you a trial. He was just in, in prison to rot. I bet it was terrible. I bet there wasn't a nice little toilet and sink in there or even a toilet like they have in some jail cells. I guarantee they didn't have cable. I guarantee they didn't have break time out in the prison yard, and I guarantee he wasn't lifting weights. He wasn't getting Marlboro cigarettes from the commissar there. He wasn't able to exchange snacks and eat ramen noodles. No. Prison was prison back then. I'm not saying it isn't now, but man... All of his background, everything he'd done right, he was in prison for telling the truth. He was in prison, basically, for his story and his story of truth and life and obeying God. And here he was languishing in prison. And some of you have even questioned and said, man, sometimes I feel imprisoned. I want to remind you that no matter how bad it gets, you haven't been put in prison for speaking the truth. And you may feel sometimes it's crazy. Pastor Jen said, God is going to set you in a wide open space. Because sometimes you feel by your situation, your emotions, what you've been through, heaviness, depression, fear, lies, heartbreak, grieving, struggling in your body, just different problems, whatever's going on in your family or whatever. You feel imprisoned by the hard times, the tough situations. I know it's not always easy. Everybody's life is challenging to them in some different way. Some it's because there's not enough money. Some there's all kinds of money, but there's different generational curses and there's divorces and there's, there's abuse in the family. People go through different things. And sometimes when you're going through those trials, you say, man, am I imprisoned? And it's a season of separation from the crowd even when you're going through stuff, especially when you're serving God. Let's read through this story this morning, if you would, with me. Let's go to Matthew 11, verse 1. I'm going to just read through it right here. Matthew 11. Verse 1, they're going to follow along. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. Verse 2, John the Baptist, who was in prison. 
John the Baptist who was in prison. Remember the guy I just told you that had an amazing revelation of Jesus? He baptized the Son of God, and he saw the Spirit of God like a dove come down on him. He knew. God told him, this is the Messiah. This is the one. This, he knew. Now he's in prison. This is the same guy that the Spirit of God came upon him when he was in his mother's womb. God, an angel showed up and said, you're going to name him John. You're not going to name him anybody else's name in the family. You're going to name him John. This guy's birth and life was extraordinary. He lived in the wilderness. He was preaching. He was teaching. He was calling out. He was baptizing people. He was speaking against hypocrites. He was speaking against sin. And the same one is in prison for his message. And verse 2 says, He heard about all the things the Messiah was doing, what Jesus was doing. Verse... Uh, Continuing on, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, now this is going to throw you off. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Are we talking about the same person there? Are you still with me? He saw Jesus. He was actually related to Jesus, biologically. He saw him, he knew him, and he says in John chapter 1 in the New Living, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. This guy had such a revelation, look at this. Let me find the verse. John chapter 1, verse 29. I want to read you some of this. Like this guy, this guy had a revelation. John chapter 1, verse 29. Look at this. I wasn't planning on doing this verse here. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He already knew who Jesus was. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Verse 32, then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. So how much later... Was he sending his disciples from prison? He was in prison. He had visitors there, his disciples, I guess. He was able to send them. And he said to his disciples, ask Jesus, verse 3, Matthew eleven three, 3, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? That seems contradictory, doesn't it? But man, I guarantee it. When you're isolated, it can, it can affect your thinking sometimes. We're going to get into some of that in a minute because we're not in prison, thank God. But sometimes spiritually, emotionally, we say, man, I feel imprisoned. We shouldn't be. He that the Son has said, free is free indeed. I know we shouldn't as believers. We st shouldn't struggle with depression. We shouldn't. And there's, some, there's been great preachers that struggled through it. That's not saying it's okay to just stay there. It's not. Some people struggle with anxiety and different things. As believers, we shouldn't, but sometimes we do. And here is a message today. There's hope. God is going to set you in a wide open space because He is the Lord of the breakthrough. He is the Lord of the of the breakthrough. You're going to see some of the stuff that he's going through here, and then you're going to see that God is still powerful in the midst of these trials, these situations, these tribulations. So are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Man, he had a revelation beyond what we've even seen. He saw Jesus, touched him, and baptized him, and saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove. Verse 4, Jesus told them, go back to John. And tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. What else? And the good news, the gospel is being preached to the poor. 
Wow. And tell him, look, this is powerful. This is key today. Verse 6. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. One translation says, blessed are those who are not offended in me or by me. Sometimes you get into a situation and say, God, why did God allow this? Why did God allow this? Why am I in this? Well, we may not be able to see the end from the beginning where we're standing. But something's going on, and God is going to use this situation to perfect you, to improve you. And man, when you get the blessing you've been waiting for, when you get the prayer answered you've been waiting for, wow, what a day of celebration that's going to be, right? Because you've learned to appreciate through the hard times. You've learned to trust God through the hard times. Pastor Jen was saying it this morning. You may not feel the breakthrough or see it yet, but it's here and it's on its way. It's coming. It's already in the spirit. It's just got to manifest in the physical. I was telling someone today, God is already doing something. We're seeing something happen in this ministry. You say, I don't see 500 people in here. No, but I see you in here today. I see you in here today. You say, man, this is probably just 65, 70 people. I see you in here today. God's going to do something here. You're going to see it. Mark my words. You're going to see healings and miracles and signs and wonders here, and they're going to line up. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. You say, man, I'm struggling. I feel like I've been, in, I feel like I've been imprisoned. Oh, praise God. God is setting you free. But while you're in the struggle, he's doing something in your life. He's doing something in your life. Let me read through the whole story here. So verse 6, Jesus said, And tell him, by the way, tell him what you've seen, and tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Because sometimes you get in that situation and say, what? This is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Maybe in a marriage. Maybe in a relationship. Maybe at a job. Maybe in your life. Maybe in your education. Who knows? You were disappointed by something. Don't be offended with God. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. I believe there's people in here that have been angry with God. I speak to you by the Spirit of God today. Don't blame God. You release God of that. You don't understand the full situation. You do not know the full scope of His understanding. Scripture says He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, and He's everywhere at once. How could our finite minds compare to Him? How could we know what He knows? He just gives us bits and pieces of His will and of his word how could we possibly know so you trust god and don't blame him verse 7 as john's disciples were leaving jesus began talking about him to the crowds i find this fascinating that after john's moment of doubt and weakness despite everything god begins to brag on him god's still proud of you even though you've struggled with weakness in different areas he's still proud of you he's not disowned you yeah, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. He says, what kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, you know, like a piece of branch or a little, a little, uh, a little stem of something there, a little weed or a reed, just being moved around, swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. Can you imagine the guy who prepares the way for God in the flesh? And he was just having doubts, but Jesus understood where this guy was coming from. He said, disciples of John, go back and tell him all the things. The dead are being raised to life. People are being healed. We're preaching the gospel to the poor. And tell him, blessed are those who are not offended in me or because of me or because of how things ended up. Blessed are those. 
There's a blessing for those who don't blame God. There's a blessing for those who don't put it on God and go, well, this is terrible. Uh, you know what, God, why are you doing this? What? We don't understand it all. We don't know. And I know God's the first one we want to blame sometimes because we've surrendered control of our lives to him. But we do not know exactly where he's taking us yet. We may know some glimpses of it, but we don't know exactly yet. So my first point today, and this is more like an outline than just regular points. In prison or hard times or season of separation, sometimes you feel isolated. You are in isolation when you feel imprisoned. Isolation. I'm going to tell you about this. Some people don't make it through this real well. You start to seek God and something happens to where you have to separate yourself from the crowd because it's no longer good for you to be with the crowd. Did you know I'm no better than you, but in some ways I'm different? Last night I tried to watch Fox News, and man, it got me irritated. And this is the night before I preach, and it got me irritated. I got argumentative. I was having a tough time. I can't just watch TV, any kind of TV, the night before I minister. And I've been real careful about that for years. I don't just watch movies on Saturdays or anything. And I'm careful about what, what clean movies when I do watch them. All right? But man, I'm going, man, there's separation that must occur. And I've seen that as a minister of the gospel. But you as a believer, there's a separation that must occur. Some of you, I don't have to be a prophet to tell you, you've gone through seasons of loneliness. Some of you right now are in a season of loneliness, and you are asking God, I know this by the Spirit of God today, you are asking God, God, I didn't think it was going to turn out this way. I came to serve you, and all of a sudden I'm alone. All my old friends, they're still at the bar. My old friends are still doing those things. Or they may be believers, but they don't live like me. They don't want to live holy. They don't want to live right. They don't have a relationship with God like I do. Or they're not walking in righteousness. God, I feel isolated. Hmm, don't raise your hand, but who's that for today? Oh, I had that. I've had friends that I loved and honored, and they're still people I just love, but I can't just hang out with them anymore. We're too different. We've got different paths now. We've made different decisions. I've decided to separate. And this man's choices brought him to prison. So he feels lonely. He's feeling left out when seemingly others are moving right along. You ever felt like that? Seemingly, everybody else is moving right along. Oh, they're doing, oh, they're getting married. Oh, they're having kids. Oh, they're getting a better job. Oh, man, they got that Mercedes I've all, always wanted. They got it. Huh. But my question is, where are you with God in the season of trial, the season of feeling? You say, man, I feel in prison. This is a, a hard situation. This is a trial like John the Baptist. And he had doubts in there. And we'll get to that in a minute. But there is a season there is a season. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But we are humans and we feel isolated and alone sometimes, especially in seasons of transition. Those seasons of transition don't last forever, people of God. They don't. My wife and I have talked about this over the years. She says, man, I was lonely during that season when God was dealing with me and working on me. And I've said, man, the same thing with me. I, I'll be real with you right now. There's something in my life. I'm in a season of transition right now, and some of this really speaks to me. I'm not doubting God's Word. I'm not doubting who I am in Him. Not all of it is exactly like me, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've had some seasons of separation. I have. Is it always fun and a blast? No, but I know that, I know that joy comes in the morning. I know that His promises are true and good. I know, I know, I know that this is the day that the Lord has made. I know that He has a good and perfect plan for me. Same for you. 
You have seasons where it's different. It's like, man, it's not that anymore, and I'm glad I left that. But let me, let me just speak to somebody this morning. I feel like God laid this on my heart yesterday. While you're in the season of transition, you feel a little isolated and alone. You've been doing the right thing and obeying God. You're in a season of loneliness. It's a wilderness now. Well, it's a transition to better things. Don't you dare start longing for Egypt while you're in the transition. Israel messed up. They were in the wilderness. It was a transition from Egypt to the promised land, and they got stuck in the transition, most of them. Except for a few of them. You guys remember Caleb and Joshua? They were two in a million. That'll be my message next week. Two in a million. More than a million, but you know, that just sounds good. There's about six million of them that we know. But don't get stuck in the desert like the Israelites. Scripture says everybody above 20, they died in the desert. Except for Caleb and Joshua. They couldn't handle God's transition for them. They couldn't see it. You ever been in a place you're like, I just can't see that. I can't see it yet. Well, get your good reading glasses on today, whether you're nearsighted or farsighted. Those of you that have 20-20, God bless you. Just kind of squint a little bit. It's there. It's coming. It's on its way. This season of isolation is not going to last that long. Sorrow may last through the night, Scripture says, but joy comes in the morning. So that's verse 2. He was all alone, and he's already questioning things. He's going, number 2 here. This is part of my little outline. You might be, while you're feeling in this season, this difficult season, you might be doubting what God already said. Did John the Baptist doubt what God already said? Yes. Wow. He baptized Jesus, heard from God, heard the voice of God, and he saw the Holy Spirit coming down on him. So maybe you're doubting something in his word that he's already shown you or something that he's shown you directly. Did he really show me that? You start doubting. Why? Because there's a season of transition and it's not what you thought it was going to be. Is that verse for me? Did he really speak to me? Am I sure? Look at verse 3 again. John the Baptist, the prophesied prophet of God, preparing the way of the Lord. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting after he had said, this is the Messiah God showed me, or should we keep looking for someone else? He was in there all alone in isolation, and he's starting to have doubts about what God had showed him. We've all been there. Say, God, I know in the moment I felt the anointing. When I was in church, man, that was powerful. I believed it. Man, I... I I swallowed it. I took it. It was the word of God. I accepted it. And now, Lord, I'm in a transition. This isn't what I thought it would be. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's not day to day. It's not the next day that it all just comes to fruition. Sometimes it takes a little bit. But there is safety. There is blessing. There is hope. There is faith in the waiting. There really is. When you're waiting for God, that is some of the most important times of your life. When God has spoken to you and you're waiting. Many times God speaks to you and all hell breaks loose. I think things got really challenging for me in some seasons after God said, I've been calling you the ministry forever. And then I, I, he'd been speaking to me. I'd been fasting and praying a few months. And I got to preach in here on a Sunday night, January 24, 2000. And man, I didn't even like the youth at that time. I'd been hurt with the youth. I was in my early 20s. And I preached that message, and God spoke to me, and I told Mom, I think I'm the youth pastor y'all been looking for. She went. Because you know what they'd been saying at that time? It was really funny. They'd sit around, Mom and Dad, and they'd be talking and say, 
you know, the youth pastor's leaving. We need another youth pastor. And someone's like, yeah, we need someone who can re relate to Hispanics, white folks, black folks, someone who's bilingual. I was like, man, I'm praying with y'all, man. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> someone who loves people, someone who's excited for life. And it was funny. We were sitting around. They'd be describing stuff. I didn't even catch it. He's got to be bilingual. He's got to have history with people. He can relate to people on the south side, the north side. He loves God. Man, he knows the word. And the, man, someone, man, praise God. Well, then I go to preach that night, January 24, 2000. And it was, a, it was a word of knowledge, and I believe it was a word of wisdom. I knew right now what was, that I was the one called, but I knew it was going to happen. I just knew all at once God spoke to me. And I said, Mom, am I the new youth pastor? And she went, I didn't even like youth. <laughs> I was out of my teens, man. I'd been hurt so much in youth group. I didn't want anything to do with it. That had to be God. But I'm going to tell you what, there were some great times in that, but it wasn't always easy. There were some different seasons in my life that all hell broke loose. God was dealing with me and working on me and allowing some things to happen. And he's working on me. So I can't doubt what God already said just because this is a season of testing. Can you imagine every time the teacher gave you a test, you're like, I doubt this whole class. I give up. There's a test. You're not giving me any more answers that I want right now. Huh. No, it's not what I thought. Man, after this test, it's all over. This class is over. This season is over. This, this testing is over. And then I just, I, just, I just give up on everything that you've taught me in this class. You tell the teacher, no. No, tests are normal. We can't doubt what God has already said. Look at point three today. Oh, man, this is a big one. If you're doubting God and what he said, I guarantee you you're doubting yourself. I've been there. I can promise you. If you're doubting what God said, then you're doubting what he said to you, and you're doubting how you fit into his plan. You're going, oh, man, am I really called and chosen? I mean, I even told people that I was called to this. Am I really? Does God still have a plan for me? When I obeyed him, did it impact anyone? Am I making a difference? Am I changing anything? No, some of you, hey, come on, some of you, there, some of, this goes way back, and I'm going to say something crazy here. Some of you have even gone so far as to say, man, well, it, did it even make a difference that I was born? Uh, yeah. It would not be the same in this room today. This is just one of the simplest of facts. It wouldn't be the same in this room today if you weren't here. It wouldn't be the same in your family. What was that movie? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. It showed life without him, didn't it? Things were different. People went off the deep end without him. You make an effect. I think he saved his brother from the ice. He, recognized, he saved, he rescued his brother. Who knows? Who knows who wouldn't make it to heaven if you weren't here? Who knows what smiles wouldn't be on people's faces if you weren't here? Who knows who wouldn't have survived if you wouldn't have saved them or been there or told them, you know what, let's not th go that way, let's go this way, and they, were in a, they would have been in a wreck without you. Or you warned them. Who knows? Am I really called and chosen? Does God still have a plan for me? Man, did it, did it make a difference at all? Hmm. But I need, to, I need to flow and transition into something else. After you've been in isolation, you've doubted what God has said, and you doubted yourself. Number four today in my outline is, no matter what, God is still speaking in the trial. God is still speaking in the trial. Maybe a whisper. See, sometimes during the test... The teacher will whisper to you. They won't give you all the answers, but they'll say, 
this is almost over, and I'll talk to you when the test is done. You ever had that? Because I would be one of those that would push my luck with people. I'd go up and ask a question. <laughs> Substitute teacher or a teacher and see if I could get away with it. On this one, does that mean that I can't tell you that? Because that will give you the answer if I answer that. <laughs> Matt, go sit down. And stop. I had a few teachers say, stop talking to me. <laughs> I know that shocks you. It shocks my wife that a teacher would tell me. Babe, yeah, teachers. And I had favor with most teachers. Babe, go sit down. Don't ask me anything else. Figure it out. And if you don't, you'll get it wrong on the test. I'm like, I don't want to get it wrong. And they're like, go sit down. <laughs> Away with you. <laughs> Banish you from my presence. Guards, take him to the dungeon, right? God's still speaking. Thank God Almighty. Some of you are like, man, I don't know in this situation. I don't know. He's still speaking if you'll get into his word. Those of you baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you'll pray in the Spirit, he's still speaking. Those of you who say, man, I'm not even baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I pray. Keep praying. Keep staying in the word. God is going to baptize you with his Holy Spirit. And I got to remind you. He said, blessed are those who are not offended in me or by me or because of my plan. You're not upset with God because of the trial or situation or how things have turned out. You're not blaming him. You can't give up because it's tough. Right? That's a modern wave of stuff. If it's tough, I don't want to do that. Uh-uh. Our grandpas and grandmas and parents didn't do that. We don't do that now. It's tough, so I quit. This is heavy, so I'm not going to lift it anymore. Get help and lift it. This is tough, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Find out how. Ask God. Google it. Pray. Look into the Word. Don't give up because it's tough. You're not stuck if you don't want to be. You don't have to stay stuck if you don't want to be. Really. That's to me as much as it is to you. You're not stuck if you'll recognize and hear God's voice. And another thing, for the record, you are not imprisoned in this house today. You are not imprisoned. You may be in a season of testing, but God is still working on you and in you and through you and for you. What are the three things God is? He's with us, He's for us, and He is in us. Despite us, despite the situation, He's still working it out. Don't lose heart. Keep your faith and your courage. All God's promises are just ahead of you. All of them. Keep going, keep going, keep walking towards your future. And I love this word. I don't use it very much. And your destiny in God. Keep walking and moving toward God. Don't be discouraged today. Beloved brothers and sisters, don't be discouraged today. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. This is your time. This is the place that you're supposed to be. This is the ministry that you were called to to serve in. And I love what I heard this morning from somebody. They said, man, we don't, we don't just beg people to serve because we need the help. No, you know what? God will always provide help. I want people to serve so that they can feel the pleasure of serving I want people to serve so that they know what it is to serve and be like Jesus. He said, go and tell. Go and do. I want you to be in a place where you say, I am not imprisoned, even though I feel like oh, some things in my mind, some things are going on. I know God has good things for me. I know he's going to bring me into wide open space. I know he's going to tell me to expand and grow and get ready for the next season. I know that he's holding on to me even when I don't feel like it. I know that he's not a man that he should lie. I know that his word will hold true forever. And I know that I know that I know. Philippians 1, God will bring to completion and finish that which he started in me. Praise God. That's what the Word says. I'm not smart enough to make that up. That is what the Word says. That is in God's Word. 
I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today.